Chad and Zay. All right, let's go hour number three on a Thursday. We hope you're having a good one. Texas hoping to have a good series against West Virginia. It starts tonight at 6.30, 6.15 pregame right here on The Horn. Because of that, no Longhorn Blitz podcast replay this week. Hit that wherever you get your podcast with Jeff and Rod and Matt. Also tonight, Western Conference Finals Game 2 on ESPN. We'll get you an update on the PGA, and we'll talk some movies coming up here in just a second. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and every day in the third hour, he starts off with a specially selected beat for you and me. I like this one, Zay. What do you got? The Underground Kings. The game belongs to me. Mmm. All right, now when you say the Underground Kings. Oh, goodness. Here we go. I'm just trying to. No, I'm just. Hang on. Take your time before you say something crazy. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure. What, so the Underground Kings, which is different or the same than UGK. Oh, there it is. I'm just asking a question. It's the same. Why would you say it that way then? Because you could say it that way. They're the Underground Kings. That's what UGK means. Okay. Yeah. So tonight is the Western Conference Finals in the National Basketball Association <laughs> as well? Yes. Okay, just check. Yeah. Or yeah. you could shorten it to NBA. Okay, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like some weird thing where there's a UGK and then there's another group called Underground Kings because when I hear Underground Kings, I immediately think you're talking about, hang on, see if I can do it, Bun B and Pimp C. There we go. There it is. All right. Come on. Much better. There you go. Much better. And, yes, it's and the same. Let me see if I'm listening to you also through the years. Um, they are not technically, even though they're considered the Houston area of rap, they are not Houston proper. They are from Port Arthur. That's right. There we go. That's right. Come on. UGK. <laughs> Let's go. There we go. Un- see that Rod and Dirty album did... Very good for you. <laughs> very good for you. Yeah, the Ride and Dirty album did. That was good. That was very good. Uh, all right, so some UGK to start the hour. I'm an old man. i got to keep it simple. Tom Jones and BTO and some others have been in. We'll see what other music uh, Zay wants to get into. We're not doing the album swap this week. We're doing a movie swap instead. We're talking movies here in one second. But first, let me just update you real quick. Cause Scotty Scheffler is having a good day at the PGA. He has birdied five 8 and 14. So he is sitting at minus 3 through 17 holes. He did start on number 10. By the way, if you're not a big golf freak, when you see an asterisk by somebody's round early on in a tournament, it means they started on number 10. So they're still playing 18 holes, but they started on 10 instead of 1. They'll do that when there's weather issues and they want to get everybody out there and all that. Uh, so minus 3 also includes Keegan Bradley, a name from the past. And there's a group that includes Ryan Fox and Victor Hovland at Minus two. As I look at some of the other big names, even par for Dustin Johnson and Phil. Plus five. Good Lord for John Rahm. He's off to a terrible start. Plus three, Spieth. Plus two, McElroy. Justin Thomas and Kepka plus one. And Bryson DeChambeau minus two through 12 holes. So a little PGA there for you. Tonight we've got Western Conference Finals game two. Zay, real quick, your gut, does it tell you Denver holds serve, or do you like the Lakers to figure it out and get a split? Oh, man. I 
Yes, the Lakers. It's hard to stop that Joker train right now and what he's doing. But we saw in that fourth quarter them putting Rui Hachimura on him, not for the full game coming for game two, but just for a little bit to give Anthony Davis some rest. And Anthony Davis is very good playing help side D, playing off of the best player. So when Jokic likes to drive and stuff, he'll run into AD instead of AD being on him from jump. So that that will be a difference. And then what we've been talking about these last few days, what are they going to do with D'Angelo Russell? Yep. Are they willing to say, okay, D'Angelo, we know that you're just a soft, mentally weak player, so for the greater good of our team, we're going to start you, but you'll be on a short leash. Dennis yeah. Schroeder might come in very early. That was I, my, yeah. I still think they should start Hachimura, but that game one, when you start three straight, you know, all three point guards, Reeves, Russell, and Schroeder, they're going to be very vulnerable to the bigger – Denver Nuggets team that has Michael Porter Jr. 6'10", Aaron Gordon 6'10", Jamal Murray 6'5", Contavious Caldwell-Pope 6'6", 6'7". That's tough. And we know with what Bruce Brown said, they're going to look to attack D'Angelo Russell every single time he's on the court. So to counter that, you need D'Angelo Russell's offense. LeBron James, you got to make outside shots tonight. 0 for 4 from the 3, that ain't going to cut it. You not one to really shoot that last shot in clutch time in the fourth quarter. you got to want to shoot it this time. He's been getting to the arena like five hours earlier than normal to get up shots in previous series. I might look for LeBron to do that tonight. Just get that jumper going, knock down that outside shot. Because if he knocks it down early, it changes the game. It changes how Mike Malone and his defense looks at LeBron. It gives guys like Austin Reeves and, you know, guys Lonnie Walker, the fourth, coming off the bench. Those guys are going to get open looks. Hachimura, he has to stay aggressive offensively. And Anthony Davis, you got to continue to give Joker problems when the ball is in your hands like you did in game one, getting 40. That's perfect because Jokic, he's a better defender than what people give him credit for but still he's not elite you know he'll let you go by him because he knows he can't get into foul trouble because he's too valuable Mm -hmm. on the offensive end so yeah tonight's going to be a huge game too for the lakers and i think they could get it done if darvin ham makes those right adjustments by maybe not starting d'angelo russell and definitely starting Rui hachimura game one was a hell of a show if these two teams keep shooting like this all around. It's going to be the wildest show we've ever seen. Uh, we'll see what happens if one team kind of lets down a little bit. How does each team start? I'd definitely be there watching from the beginning because the beginning of what Joker did the other night was incredible. And then how aggressive will the Lakers be to start that game? We'll keep talking NBA today. We also have some movies to get into. So we decided to take a break this week from the music. We'll probably get back into that next week. But we did a movie swap this week because the last couple times. Zay has referenced blue chips. He sees this look on my face, which everybody sees a lot because I don't see it. I haven't seen a ton of movies sometimes. And he realized, you haven't seen blue chips? You got to see it. Yeah, as a sports guy. As a sports guy, I haven't seen blue chips. And then when I realized you hadn't seen a few good men, I thought, all right, that's the way we should go. So do you want to start with the movie that got the Oscar noms? Or do you want to start with the movie that introduced us to Shaq's acting? Uh, let's start with the lesser movie, and that's A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well played. Oh, man. All right, so A Few Good Men is 1992. Late 92 is when this movie came out. Uh, I am so excited that you have seen it now. It's one of my favorite movies. I could watch it over and over and over and over. What would you think? 
Well, I've always loved Kevin Pollack, and I thought he was terrific in it. Mm-hmm. I thought he was so good because he was just – he fed off Demi Moore and Tom Cruise really well when they would meet at night. I thought just that whole chemistry between those three – it was great, and his look on the whole thing, on the co-red situation from Jump, it was how I looked at it. It's hazing. Right. I've always hated hazing in sports. I've never understood it. It's not a, It doesn't help camaraderie to me at all. Right. And it could be very dangerous to the wrong person. Like, who knows what a retaliation that person could take from the hazing, obviously for William Santiago, it went the darkest route it could go, him straight up dying from it. Mm-hmm. But Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. W- Willie Santiago does not survive sorry. the movie. Yeah, William does not survive. <laughs> what I was also shocked in, Chad, Jack Nicholson wasn't in it as much as I thought he would be. Because going into this movie, I didn't think Jack was the bad character. I didn't think he was the villain. I've always thought... Him and Tom oh, okay. were, all, were on the good side, and I thought it was really a war movie. I, I just thought it was just a natural war movie, military movie. There was going to be some trials and tribulations and some things go wrong, but they would figure it out together. I didn't know they were against one another. I just learned today he got paid $5 million for 10 days' work. That's it. Five hundred grand a day. Yeah, and then he apparently he had a joke back in the day where he said, this is one of those rare times where it was money well spent. <laughs> I'm sure he smiled when he said it. Yeah. Because he's phenomenal in the movie. He's just not in it a lot. Yeah, so that 10 days paid for a lot of Laker games, that's yeah. for sure. Yes, it did. You know, and it's just, and he was great. Jack was great. Yeah. He definitely had some Bob Huggins vocabulary that kind of just, ooh, yeah, man, did. Jack, I don't know about that. My wife was watching it with me, and she hates all that stuff. Okay, so one thing about my wife that you people and Chad, you may not know, she is a movie hater. Really? She will love movies, and she has movies that she likes, but whatever movie she watches, even the movies she loves, she will nitpick Mm, that movie and find things to just hate on. Like Demi Moore, Demi could Demi could have been the best Demi Moore of her career, from Ghost to yeah. this Few Good Men, etc. G.I. Jane, whatever. You couldn't tell my wife nothing. She hated Demi the whole time, really? and I appreciate Demi. I thought Demi was good. I in thought this she movie. was good. She yeah. was hating on her hairdo. She was like, "What the hell's wrong for hair?" Every scene that Demi came with, she was like, "Yo, that hair—it's got to go." And I'm like, "Baby, it's the '90s. She's in the military. She's in the military. Like, come on, she has a certain—you yeah. know—she has a certain role she has to do." I thought she—I thought Demi was good. Wife didn't like her very much. Okay, whatever. Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. Yeah, he That's was. why he's one of the goats. Yeah. You know, I couldn't tell that he was a short guy. I always, every every movie that I see Tom Cruise in, I'm like, let's see if I could tell if he's short. Couldn't tell. Yeah. Also a movie, they always make fun of Tom Cruise and say he runs in every movie. I don't think he runs in a few Didn't games. run. No running. Didn't run. Looked for that, too. Did not run. Softball. A little softball, but he wasn't running. Wasn't running. Wasn't running. Exactly. Yeah. Came in drunk. Home one time. Ah, great scene. Didn't run. Yeah. But came home a little plastered. I thought that was terrific. And... For the scene where Jack says, you're too good for the truth. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, excuse me. I didn't get why it was so hyped up. Oh. 
that I, that was when I was like, okay, that was it. I, I got it during the scene. I was like, okay, this is very intense. Tom's going at him, and like, you can't handle the truth. I okay, I, I get it. But my wife, talk about somebody that was really underwhelmed. She was like, that's it. This is what I've been hearing for years and years and years. I was like, baby, relax, relax. She was like, no hell no, Jay. I ain't gonna relax. <laughs> this is BS. That's it. Wow. That's that's what made Jack Jack. And I was like, I'm pretty sure whoa, he's been whoa, in other whoa. things. That's no, what I'm that's, saying. No, no. I was like, no, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure he's been in other things. He was babe. Jack before that. Yeah, like The Shining's pretty good and yeah, stuff. I was gonna but, say, you know, he's been in a few things. But yeah. you know, and she was just like, that's the that's his most legendary. Mm. Like, I don't know where that would rank. That's a question for Jack Nicholson fans. I'm sure that's like top ten moments. I don't think that's his number one moment. The moment, but, in the sh- but his number one line. That's definitely his number. One line. No, I'd say the one in The Shining's more famous. Here's Johnny. That's got to be more famous. Okay, he's coming through, when he's coming through that door. Yeah, that's probably here's you're Johnny. Probably, yeah, that's Johnny. got to be a little bigger. Yeah, with the axe and stuff. Okay, but yeah. the you can't handle the truth is still a big moment. I still love that moment. I think I think it's a hell of a moment. But I guess maybe it doesn't wear the same way. Yeah, but I I get why it's such a good movie because it mind mucks you to where you kind of understand. Jack's point of view and everybody's point of view of like, yo, we're trying to toughen this guy up. There's right. no giving up. We're not giving up on this kid, even though he's giving up. Yeah. We're not giving up on himself. You could have handled it way different, Jack. We don't have to haze him. We don't have to say the cold red. We don't have to haze the dude for him to get the hit. But oh boy said, I wanted to go home. Y'all need to send me somewhere else. They weren't having it. They wanted to yeah. handle it themselves. Got to train him. You got to train him. Yeah. I, I get that. I get being responsible. Feeling responsible for guys and not getting the best out of guys and feeling like it's, again, your responsibility to do that. It's just how you handled it. Yeah. And that's why I love Kevin Pollock's character because he said it from jump. No, this is BS. They killed the guy you beat from up hazing on, him. Beat up on a weak kid. That's all beat they did. Beat up on a weak kid. Yep, yep. And that's exactly what it was. You beat up on a weak kid even though you're trying to get him tougher and try to let him understand that, hey, we are a team here. In order for you to do your job, there's so many lives on the line that are bigger than you. Right. So you need to be a certain way when you're in the Marines, Guantanamo Bay. You got we got you got to be locked in. They just didn't handle it the right way. Yeah, a lot of great. You're right. There's a lot of good discussion there on kind of that that boundary line of the you know hazing versus training and all that stuff. And then how about the cast, man? Throwing in Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland. I like Bacon. Cuba. Little Noel Wiley. I mean, there's just all kinds of folks sprinkled in that movie. Yeah, because ba- Bacon was just doing his job. Like you feel like, oh, this guy, because he's going against Cruz and you yeah. know Demi and stuff. You're like, oh, he's the bad guy, but really, he's just doing his job. And he said that when they went to dinner, when Tom Cruise checked them and they were yeah. at dinner, and he's like, look, bro, don't lump me in with Jessup at Parkinson yeah. <laughs> just because we wear the same <laughs> uniform. <laughs> oh, and like we're gonna get into blue chips right now. JT Walsh, the range. Oh, the range. JT Walsh is Markinson in A Few Good Men, and he links us up this week because he's the big money booster. Happy, Happy Kirkendall. I looked up the last name. <laughs> Happy Kirkendall in Blue Chips. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right, before we make the official transition, what's your grade on A Few Good Men? 8.6. Ooh, 8.6. 8.6. I, I like that. I'd it was pu- solid. Yeah, yeah. I'd push it up to like a 9 or a 9.1. But uh, yeah, that's now, good. From you, that's a good grade. It would have been a 9 and 9.1 because the perv in me was expecting a Tom and Demi sex scene. <sighs> How dare you? I mean, they're trying to be professionals. I don't give a damn. This is rated R. <laughs> Something. 
give me something, Man. you know, maybe a little shower scene where we could just see pent up or something like just just something. At least take at least take it to the bedroom and close the door. This just in, Zay wanted skin in a few good men. <laughs> what what? Like, oh, she already thinks that he's trash. He wins her over. She's a little bit older, but you could tell she was feeling them. Mm-hmm. She was feeling them. They were eating crab legs and stuff. She was feeling Tom. Right after they eat the crab legs, go home. No, no. Tom pretends, pretends like he's too good for it. Pretends like, I don't want it. This and is like, not- nah, I don't want it. We ain't, like, she's like, we should work tonight. He was like, oh, I thought we weren't working tonight. She was like, just me and you. Something like that. This is not Top Gun. In <sighs> Top Gun, he's a whore. He's not a whore in A Few Good Men. <laughs> and neither is she. Come on, man. You don't have to be a whore to do the nasty. That is awesome. Well, that ought to be, you'd put that on a t-shirt. That's fantastic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was, that was part of my wedding vows. <laughs> yeah. They could have stayed locked in and done the nasty if they would have. That would have gone to the nine for me. Okay, so JT Walsh is also the booster in, in Blue Chips. And Blue Chips came out in February of 94. So I'm so glad now I've seen this movie. All kinds of famous folks in it. Now I know why it's got the cult status. Let me just go to the weirdest image of this movie. I never knew that this movie had Bobby Hurley in an Indiana uniform. That is odd. That freaked me the F out when I saw it the first time. Did it really? I had to freeze it and kind of take a, take a moment. Uh, but all the coaches are in it are great. Nick Nolte, after seeing that he literally hung out with Bobby Knight in 92 to learn this role, it makes so much sense. It feels like he's trying to be Bobby Knight. He's trying to be like a, a slightly humanized Bobby Knight. Like Bobby with some like human emotion ability. And, you know, when it just feels like he's really, he kind of overacts the, the anger parts of those scenes. It's a little bit awkward for him, I can tell. He's trying to, feels like he's trying to find that character like the whole movie almost. And he never really gets there. But I liked it, I rooted for him. Like I rooted for him, and I could I felt like he was a good guy. I mean, it starts off on a really bad start when Nick Nolte. You think that the very first part of the game, they just got beat by forty. It's his pregame speech, and he's throwing chairs and throwing water jugs yeah. and cussing them out and basically calling them trash because the season's been so terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then they go out and play a game. Yeah, then and it's like okay, blue the writers. Did we think this was a good idea? I'm sure that's gone on somewhere, but... Yeah, that's where the director and producers, I think, I was re- trying to read up on it today. They actually admitted afterwards, like, yeah, we we're tr- as far as capturing the game atmosphere and capturing the excitement, we weren't great at that. We didn't really get that the way we wanted to. It feels like you're lost a lot of this movie. You're kind of bouncing around from idea to idea. Are we going to go with the sports angle, or are we going with the serious discussion of you know paying players or whatever? And now that we have NIL going, me watching this movie for the first time was mind-blowing because I'm thinking of all the stuff and there's a wonderful scene between Nolte and JT Walsh where Walsh is basically telling him about paying the players and how it's going to work and all this stuff and at the end of the scene I thought okay back then everybody thought he was the devil I'm sure but everything he just said was right Everything he said was right about we're giving these kids, we're just giving them what they deserve. Yep. They deserve this. They're helping. And then he said, and they help pay for your $100,000 for that stupid TV show mm. you do. And the coach is getting mad and getting sanctimonious. But I thought, yeah, the booster's right there. 
The booster's absolutely right. If you haven't seen Blue Chips in a while, just for fun, go back and watch it and think of NIL right now. You had the three different families getting three different versions of, back then, illegal stuff (laughs) as you were going into a basketball season. But uh, there are some great moments. I love the, the former... The former wife, the divorced wife, uh, that great actress that's in uh, Dances with Wolves. She's in, what's that show my wife loves? The Closer and the something. Yeah, who are you talking about there? Yeah, what's that actress's name? The sister? No, 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 no. The, the, the Nick Nolte's former wife. Oh, Mary McDonald. There you go. She's wonderful. Uh, and then the mom um, of Penny Hardaway's mom, played by uh, Alfre Woodard. Yeah. Love Alfre Woodard. Yeah, she's always oh, good. She's fantastic. So you had that. You had attractive moms going on. That was great. And then the scene with Nick Nolte and Penny Hardaway in the locker room. Where, where Penny decides to, to tell the coach that he's thinking of leaving is some of the greatest bad acting I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Hardaway's acting is so bad. Nolte just just trying to sort of keep up with it. And again, he hasn't really figured out who his character is either, so he's not helping a ton. That scene is so awkward, but so great in a lot of ways, considering who these people ultimately became. Yeah, yeah. Coach, I'm not used to the motion offense. I'm more of a 1-4 guy. I need the ball in my hand so I can create for others. And they had the fake sweat on him, you could tell. <laughs> like, they put that sweat on him a second ago. Oh, it was so great. Shaq's acting, in comparison, is actually really good. Yeah. Compared to Penny. Although, I did, I did read that Shaq got nominated by the Razzies for Worst <laughs> New Star for this movie. And it has a Rotten Tomato rating of 37%. Ooh, that's tough. At one point. By, the tests are culturally biased. By comparison, a few good men's at 84%. Mm, yeah, right a little now. different. Oh, the scene with him and the professor, the culturally biased. <laughs> oh, just absolute brilliant bad movie making. So how about the gym that they had to go to to see Shaq? What the hell was that? Yeah. Algiers, it was I was Louisiana. Wait, I was waiting for like on the next court over to see Chuck <laughs> Norris and Steven Seagal fighting to the death. What what was that? <laughs> like a death dungeon? <laughs> or like or like the early days, <laughs> the early days of the dog fighting rings that Michael Vick eventually got into. I was waiting to see that. Where are we right now? <laughs> Nol- it looked dangerous. Nolte's like, yeah, nobody's ever heard of this guy. That's a bit of a stretch too. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me there's a Shaq. That version of Shaq, and nobody knows where he is because he's down in a dungeon? What? Terrific. What is happening? Yeah, the cameos were great. Bob Cousy, as the athletic director, very underrated. Because when they do that scene where Cousy's shooting the free throws and Nolte's talking to him about, should we cheat, should we not cheat, and Bob Cousy the whole time is like, I don't want to know nothing. I don't want to know anything. And he was just knocking down jumpers. It felt legit, didn't it? That felt legit. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It felt like when Nick Nolte said, you never miss, it wasn't scripted. Yeah. I felt like that was Nolte saying to Bob Cousy, Dude, you really are Bob Cousy, aren't you? Right. Yeah, and he just kept hitting it. That was great. Um, yeah, there, by the way, Zay, I double-checked for you because we were talking about it. The campus shots in this movie was USC. 
Really? The outside stuff. But the inside stuff, you said you fell in love with the arena. That was in Frankfurt, Indiana. That makes sense. They filmed that. I thought it might have been Pauly at UCLA. Okay. Because of the way the floor looked. Nah, but yeah, that was too, in, yeah, it was a little too cramped. Yeah, too cramped. So that was Indiana, and the outside stuff you see where he's walking the campus or whatever, that was at USC. Okay. So that was part of it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, uh, it's a great wild ride. I'll put it in there with... It's a movie I would rewatch just like I rewatch Varsity Blues. Yeah. It's a good, bad movie to me. I don't think Varsity Blues is a great movie. It's a guilty pleasure. It's like eating candy you know that's bad for you. But I would rewatch hunks of that movie. I would. Yeah. I would. One of the funniest scenes is when Nolte goes and crashes like Tony's room and there's like a huge frat party going on. Oh yeah. And he's just, Did you fix the game? It's like, no, cause no, we covered the spread. <laughs> It didn't hurt anybody. It didn't hurt nobody. We covered the spread. Shout out to Tony being on that Calvin Ridley. I feel Oh, my God. Some of the greatest. That that performance from Nick Nolte goes into my my overacting Hall of Fame. Everything he did was just over the top. It was dramatic. In this movie. It was dramatic. All right. I'm going to creep it right up to Just Passing. I'm going to go 7.0. All right. 7.0. All right. I'll get him that. Yeah. I can't go much far further than that, but I will rewatch. I'll get it to. A, I got to give it a passing grade because I would come back and watch it again. But yeah, the if you want to really break that thing down for inaccuracies of trying to film a basketball movie or whatever, you could destroy it if you want to. Yeah, the cameos are legendary. Like we said, Bob Cousy, Larry Bird has a good one. You see Tark yeah. and Jim Beheim and stuff. So oh, here's one for you. That place, the Larry Bird thing. Same court that they used for the Converse commercial with Magic. Dope. That's Larry's house. Okay. Place he bought in French Lick. Right. That's the same thing Magic drives up to in the commercial. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Uh, and I was right. Alan Houston is in there somewhere. He is. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, yeah. I saw him. Yep. Yeah. 7-5. Seven, you want to go 7-5? Seven, 7-5. Five? Seven, five. Okay. You know yeah. what? You're a basketball guy. Yeah, you got to stay. You got to stay true to yourself. And now we finally found something that you give a little higher grade than I do. So I'm glad. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm glad we found one. We haven't found an album yet that that's true. Even when I want to give love to the Wu-Tang Clan albums and stuff like that, say, I love this album, and you're like, no, that grade is too high. Yeah, Way it probably would have been in the eights if Nolte would have said a few more GDs. <laughs> just, a, just a couple more. That was necessary. He did lean into the GDs, which also told you for sure that he'd been hanging out with Bobby Knight. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I also needed one line or two from Bobby Knight. They needed to have him deliver a sanctimonious line after they beat Indiana, spoiler alert, and have him say to the Nick Nolte character, like, I hope that was worth it. I hope buying them was worth it. Were they worth all the money or something like that? Because Knight was that sanctimonious guy back in the day. He used to rip the rest of them and always say he never cheated and he graduated all his guys and they were all cheating. All the John, you know, he never said their names, but the Thompsons and the Bayheims and the Patinos – you could feel him looking down, Calipari and all of them. And he was up on his pedestal. And they should have had him deliver one line like that. That was, But him, him swearing at the official was pretty nice. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Blue chips from uh, 92, 94 rather, and a few good men from 92. As Je- I think Jeff Howe said it perfectly today, they're both watchable movies for two completely different reasons. Completely different reasons. A few good men... I think you watch that movie thinking, oh, it's one of the best movies made that year. You watch Blue Chips just for a whole 
all kinds yeah. of other reasons. That movie could have used the Nick Nolte, Mary McDonald sex scene too. Could have used it. It was upset. Really? Yeah, he was trying. He was trying. He would come to the crib at 2 a.m. and stuff and knock on the door. And one night he was feeling them. And then he messed up his rap and his game and said something that she didn't like. And uh-huh. she was like, nope, go lock yeah. the door on your way out. Yeah, no, it's, and, and it's this is weird. In both cases, in both movies, you're looking for sex scenes. And in both cases, I was happy we didn't get them. If I thought it was realistic we didn't get them. If it's rated R, we need to have something. We need to have something. At least shut the door and let me know that's happening. It tells me. You know what I'm saying? It tells me exactly what you look for <laughs> in rated R movies. That's what I love about that. For you, the rated R movie has to be about nudity. And that's it. It doesn't have to be about nudity. I just need to know that Tom and Demi Moore did the deed. I'd oh. like to know that. You want to see that. So you're okay if like the door closes and then the sun yes. rises. You yes. don't need and to they, see it. Yes. Okay. And there, and Tom's getting out the bag and it's fit together. And the classic, oh, you know, A-list star, I'm naked scene where they wrap the, you know, <laughs> where they wrap the sheet around the cleavage uh-huh. and the breast and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I need just something like that. All right. Just something like that. It doesn't have to be them actually doing the nasty. I just need to know it happened. You know what you need, and that particular truth you could handle. You just needed them to give you that truth. That's all. They didn't give you that That's truth. That's all. Okay, fair H- enough. Hell, I would have taken it with Kevin Pollack. <laughs> oh, Demi and Kevin Pollack. That would have been terrific, too. Hang on. We're going to go, we, we have to go do this scene that makes that means nothing to this movie, but Isaiah needs us to go have sex to justify our R rating. Real quick. We're gonna, One second. One second. We'll Yo, be right back. I know we got to get to break, but how good would it have been? Tom comes home drunk and he comes and he sees Demi on the table with oh Kevin. My <laughs> oh my God. You are just besmirching the memory of a few good men. What are you doing? Great movie. Oh my God. Great movie. All right. Coming up. Why Today Matters. It's Vince Young's birthday. We'll talk about some of his big moments, plus another big sports birthday with a story I had never heard before. I'll see if Zay's ever heard this one next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, we are rolling through a Thursday. Chad and Zay, text rolling in. Some of the listeners enjoying the movie swap discussion of Blue Chips and A Few Good Men. All right. I feel like I'm supposed to know this one. Definitely. That's big, right? This is a... This is big or... No, this is a big, big song. Yeah. Right? Oh, and it's Big E. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah I'm sorry. That's what I yeah. tried to say. Like, was yeah. he saying the name or... <laughs> this, okay. There he is. So this would be the notorious. Oh, ever, black and ugly as ever. However, I'll stay coogee down to the socks. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Rest in power. No doubt. No doubt. Incredible talent there. Who's the female voice I'm hearing here? I want to say it's his ex-wife, Faith Evans. Okay. I don't know for sure. Because on the video, they have Mary J. Blige like uh, singing it, and then oh. they have Faith singing it, and then okay. Aaliyah sings a part. So you never know. So a lot of ugly, not talented women. That's <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that is an incredible little hook. No, 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 no. Who gets credit for that? Is that a Puffy thing? or? I mean, Puffy's all about his samples, so I want to say it came from an old school song, yeah, like but, majority of them. But yeah, it was He's Puffy. the one that, puts it to, yeah. that would have put this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good sound. And the name of the song? 
One More Chance remix. One More Chance. I got the hookup, girl. You didn't know? The Notorious, B-I-G, Tom Jones, B-T-O, Marianne Faithful earlier on in the show, believe it or not, and Pink Floyd started us off. Also, uh, UGK, the great beat from earlier in the hour uh, to start the hour. That was fantastic. And we just got done talking blue chips and a few good men uh, in the movie swap. We've got a lot of sports going on, of course, with NBA Tonight, Western Conference Finals Game 2 at 7.30 on ESPN. And we got Texas Baseball at 6.30. What do you got, Zay? Somebody said that gym that they found Shaq in was the first Bowie High School gym. <laughs> F y'all. <laughs> F y'all. Our gym was way nicer than Yeah, that. I was about to say, that was crazy. I was waiting for that something, somebody to come out with like a you know, like the, a stick with fire on the end of it. Oh, how pervy was Ricky, the white recruit? Ricky. Oh, yeah. From French Lake. Mm-hmm. Little perv. Yeah, he was more than just a little weirdly country. <laughs> I worry about him. I worry about him. And, spoiler alert, if you didn't catch the end credits, apparently it doesn't work out well for him. He has to go back and run the farm and no more basketball. Too worry about that poontang. That sucks, man. That's, that's really terrible. All right. Uh, so, we got uh, the PGA going on as well. Scotty Scheffler among the leaders last time we checked. And, uh, oh, looky there. Bryson DeChambeau. Now one of the leaders at minus four through 15 holes. And Keegan Bradley at minus four. Scotty Scheffler now one shot back at minus three. And he's done. 67 for the day since they're on a par 70 course here. So that's minus three for Scotty Scheffler. We'll keep you up to date, get you another uh, update before we get out of here. Let's go to why uh, why today matters. May 18th, huge birthday for a former Longhorn. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Now, there are a couple of uh, other GOAT status folks that we could mention today on the birthday. Somebody did tell me it is George Strait's birthday. Yes, I saw the king has a birthday. George is 71 today. And I'll get to one in the world of baseball that has a birthday but for you Longhorn fans, when you talk about the goats, you gotta talk about VY. And he is 40 years old today. Nice even number for Vince. Number 10 hits 40. I'm assuming that uh, Longhorn Network will be show, re-showing the, uh, the USC game today. But that's just me playing the math. For how many times do you think this is? Uh, it's a few. It's a few, yeah. More than 10. <laughs> let's say that. More than 10 times. Vince Young, the incredible, uh, you know, the incredible career at Texas, obviously. And one of the things that will get brought up, Zay, in the NFL, of course, he was the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And that game in Houston, the overtime game, where he has the run at the end to win it. Mm-hmm. Coming back mm. home, a team that could have drafted them number one, but said, Mario Williams, well, you're a guess you're better. I don't know. And, yeah, payback. I, yeah, I wish I could. If you could bottle the feeling of a person, I wonder what you could do with that moment for him. That had to be such an incredible moment. Uh, Vince Young, uh, incredible stuff. Obviously, uh, at Texas, Longhorn fans will be thinking of their favorite moments today. Uh, we haven't talked about the Oklahoma State one. That is always one of my That's favorites. definitely one of my favorites. The Rashawn Woods, I think. it was. Do- there was Donovan Woods and Rashawn Woods, and I think – or maybe both those guys were receivers, but one of them went both ways, I think. And it's one of those guys he fakes out. Oh, that brother's still in the air, and it's almost been 20 years. They're down at the half. It's like Halloween weekend. Everybody in Stillwater is going nuts. They're up at the half. 
And they come out of the half, and it's like third and eight, I think, on that play. Vince rolls to his right. He throws a fake, and Woods jumps into the atmosphere. And Vince goes 80 for a touchdown. So nasty. Like it was nothing. I mean, like ballet slipper smooth down that right sideline. And he was in. And and once that happened, we had already seen a little bit of that. And that's what started to build the rep. And the rep was already built up at that point of don't leave. Don't stop watching. Whatever you do. Uh, Jeff Howe said it when he was in here earlier. Folks that hadn't watched a lot of Vince when they were down to USC started to mouth off. It's like, no, no, wait, hold on. It's not over yet. As long as he's got time, he's got time. Well, he wouldn't allow you to get tense because he knew how good he was, and that roster was just ridiculous that championship season. But you would always see the clips of him dancing or freestyling, just keeping everybody loose. And even in the national championship game, he was still doing that same Vince, like hype pregame stuff. Like he never changed. He always had that same confidence and it fed off for everybody. Yeah, he had this, and Mac Brown would tell some stories about Vince just looking at him during games. I got this, coach. We're good. Yeah, chill. Relax. Sometimes those are the best moments. There was a moment um, between, in in the Super Bowl, the Raiders won with John Madden. John Madden and Ken Stabler. At one point, they had a moment where Ken Stabler was like, man, this is great, isn't it? What are you talking? What? What? <laughs> and he was like looking up in the crowd and stuff like that because he was loose. Yeah, He was the snake, and he was going to get it done, and he did, just like Vince ended up getting stuff done at Texas. So he's got the birth, uh, birthday today. Also today, one of the greats in baseball, Mr. October himself, Reggie Jackson, is 77 years old. First off, Zay, do you know the old school on Reggie Jackson? Nope. It's a school that gets to claim him and Barry Bonds. Pretty good. Arizona Arizona State. Arizona State. Arizona State. But then here's your story that I didn't realize. He ended up at Arizona State because he did not want to play in the South back in those days. A ah, little worried yeah, about what things could have been. I get it. There were three big-time schools in the South that wanted Reggie Jackson. Bama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. They were all willing to break the color barrier for Reggie Jackson. They were smart enough to know that. But in the end, he decided Bama and Georgia were not going to be right for him because of the racial element. And he also decided, Zay, not to go to Oklahoma because of the racial element. But specifically, the folks at Oklahoma advised that he stopped dating white girls. Oh, no, fam. (laughs) We can't do that. We can't do that. Nope. Sorry. I I will take my talent somewhere else. I knew you'd enjoy that story. I feel you, Reggie. So Reggie ended up at Arizona State. There you go. Uh huh. How do you form you? I know it was back then. I do know it was a different time, but how do you form your mouth? How do you get yourself keyed up to tell a young Reggie Jackson, yeah, man, we'd love to have you here at Oklahoma, but you just need to stop dating white girls? See, Oklahoma, see, that's that's some Oklahoma stuff. Wow. That's some stupid Oklahoma stuff. Wow. Man, I would have said, oh, yeah, we got some <laughs> Beckys with the good hair all right over here. We got you. Cool. You good. Come 
on. You good, man. Reggie? Absolutely. I'd never heard that one before. Mm. That's crazy. There you go. Reggie Jackson with a birthday today as well. Also on the baseball front, I'm a Rangers guy, so I'll mention one of my favorite Rangers. My first favorite Ranger, Jim Sunberg, is 72 years old today. Old number 10 back in the day, was a catcher for the team, first uh, baseball player I ever fell in love with with the Rangers. Happy birthday to Jim Sunberg today. Also, uh, coming up, let's go stems and seeds, get you a couple more things. We'll get you our official picks for tonight with L.A. and Denver. Will the Lakers even it up? We'll tell you what we think coming up on the Horn. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. All right, Stems and Seeds brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Western Conference Finals game two tonight. Zay, I'm going to say Denver makes it 2-0 tonight. I'd say it's another good game, but I'll go with Denver. What do you think? Yeah, I want to go with Denver, but I'll be devil's advocate and just pick L.A. Okay. Ron, you got to knock down those shots, dog. How aggressive will he be? Does he want to be aggressive and go to the basket, LeBron? Or like you said, can he get the confidence back in the jump shot? I think it depends on if D'Angelo Russell starts or not. If D'Angelo Russell starts, then LeBron is going to allow D'Lo to get going because they need that. And he knows that people are talking about D'Angelo Russell, especially with the comments that Bruce Brown threw out there on how they're attacking him on a defensive end. So, Bron, yeah. being the guy he is, he wants to put the ball in D'Lo's hands, let him get going, hit some shots to boot boost his morale, and then LeBron will attack. If he doesn't start D'Angelo Russell, then LeBron's going to start off really aggressive. So real quick, from Coach Malone, what's your counter when they put Hachimura on him? He talked about that being pretty ordinary. They've thought of it before. A lot of people have talked about what's the counter? What does he need to do? Uh, Just tell Joker to be aware of Anthony Davis. That's it. Okay. He'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's, he's that good. He's that good. Yeah. This is a two-time MVP, one of the greatest of all time. He'll say, okay, I'll look out for him, and they'll adjust from there. Speaking of LeBron James, his youngest son, Bryce, is making a little news today. He's going to transfer schools from Sierra Canyon to Campbell Hall. He's 15 years old, Zay, and he's got an ESPN story about him today. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bryce doesn't get that love that Bronny James gets just because Bronny's the firstborn and he's so athletic. We know he's going to USC, but Bronny got LeBron's athleticism. Bryce is getting LeBron's body. So the Mm. height, he's about 6'6", still growing at 15. You know, the size, the strength. You see that a lot with Bryce, and the athleticism will come. So, yeah, a lot of people are high on him. Those, uh... Offers will start coming in just like it happened for Bryce or yeah. Bronny. I mean, yeah. Did I'm reading? Am I reading this correct? He's 15 and he's six six already. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. Must be nice. So you think by the end of it, he is dad's height? Yes. He's going to get up into six eight six nine area. Yeah. He's not going to have that same athleticism as his older brother or his pops, but he'll be athletic enough and he'll be big enough. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right. That is tonight, seven thirty on ESPN. Also, the Eastern Conference series starts tonight. In hockey, um, that side of it, Carolina and Florida get started tonight, and I'm pretty sure they are TNT if you want to check that out. Also, Texas baseball, 6.30 with West Virginia. Let's see what Lucas Gordon looks like on the hill for Texas. 6.15 pregame as Texas hits that last conference season, uh, conference uh, series 
of the year. Also, best of luck to that Texas men's tennis team. They are going today at 4 o'clock against South Carolina in the quarterfinals. Uh, Check out TexasSports.com if you want to follow along with that one. We'll be back tomorrow for a Friday show. Get you ready for a big weekend. Keep it right here. Rod and Harge coming up with Ball Don't Lie and then Texas baseball here on the horn. Everybody stay safe and go check out Blue Chips and a few good men tonight. Just watch them in any order you want. You'll enjoy it. See ya!